Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about more real estate jargon. And in the last one, we spoke about 10 different topics, broke them down, and made them super simple to understand. Here are 10 more. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. What's going on, guys? How you doing out there? Mike Foster here, and I am excited to share with you a few more terms uh, for a real estate jargon or real estate gouge. Uh, just want to clarify all the different things that you might hear out there when you're conversating with folks, when you go to those real estate meetups, and you know, just so you can understand what's going on, and everyone kind of feels included in the picture. So in our last session, we spoke about 10 different topics, and here are 10 more. I think 10 is a good bite-sized number to uh, toss out. And we'll do this a couple more times as I'll break down more things that uh, you guys will need to understand out there and we'll get slightly more and more advanced. But uh, here are our next 10. Okay. So I want to start out with IRRL. Okay. Or your interest rate reduction loan. Now, uh, if you have taken your home, I'm sorry, if you have purchased your home with a VA loan, then you are eligible for what is called an interest rate reduction loan or otherwise known as IRRL. And you'll see a lot of um, info marketers that, you know, send you stuff in the mail um, and, you know, and you'll get this little like home symbol with IRRL under it. And it's like, oh, what is that? You know, and uh, what are these people trying to do? Essentially, they're trying to solicit you to refinance your VA loan because that's exactly what um, this is, essentially. So your interest rate reduction loan is just a way for a mortgage company to give you a lower interest rate on your VA loan. And through some programs, you could you could be able to refinance your uh, house 100% of its cash value, which is great. Um and uh, if it's a lower interest rate, it makes sense. A lot of times it doesn't make sense because, um, you know, the interest rate may be lower, but your payments may be higher because if your house has gone up in value and they give you that full amount for your loan, uh, you're going to end up paying more in payments. Uh, also, right, may not make sense because what if the interest rates have gone up? Right. So don't just grab one of those little things in the mail and say that, okay, well, um, I'm, you know, eligible for this refinance. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. No, make sure you calculate out the numbers and it's got to all make sense. Okay. Um, now it's important to understand that with these types of refinances, you're not able to pull out 
any cash equity that you have in that property. Uh, this is simply just for the bank to refinance your loan and for you to hold a longer note. Um, there may be some companies out there that that try and do it. Uh, typically, it's not standard practice. However, if you know a lender that does it, um, you know banks sometimes, especially local banks, can you know be a little flexible with their terms. Um, I have not seen one, um, but you know. They may exist. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I guess just kind of you know get to know those lenders out there um, that do offer special things like that because you know that could be another great way to pull equity from your home and invest. And with that, I'm going to talk about another term, which is called a cash out refinance. Okay. Now, any time that you pull cash out understand that you are now assuming that amount in a loan of some sort, okay? Now, if you, let's say, uh, we're breaking this down, you have a home that you purchased for $100,000 and you have since paid back $50,000 in equity, you could pull out maybe you know $30,000 of that equity in what's called a cash out refinance. And now you have reassumed a $70,000, uh, I'm sorry, an $80,000 loan. I can't math today. What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, you've now assumed an $80,000 loan on that home and you now have 30000 in your pocket to go spend and do whatever you want. Um, so in that cash out, right, again, you take they cash out in equity and they usually require you to maintain some sort of principal in that property because banks don't want to just give you 100% um, of a loan and give you all your cash back. They, they want to have some sort of um, you know, shared equity interest in that property uh, because they don't want to assume all the risk that you won't pay it back. Does that make sense? So in a cash out refinance, you can pull cash out from your property and go use it. Um, I would recommend use it to invest in another property. Um, or, you know, if you want to do some kind of rehab to your property to force equity um, and force appreciation in your home, you can do that too. But um, I always recommend using that to, <laughs> to uh, go invest in other properties, right, into cash flowing assets That'll put money back into your pocket, um, not only just to pay back the loan, but also to, you know, add more cash flow to your financial freedom. Cool. All right. Uh, let's go into the next one, which is FHA. Okay. FHA uh, stands for Federal Housing Administration, and um, if you've ever heard the term FHA loan, right? This is a special loan that is. Uh, that was created by the National House Act of 1934, actually. And what it does is they establish uh, standards on construction, uh, and they also ensure loans that are given by banks uh, to allow um, first-time home buyers or folks who are looking to, you know, build a home or, or rehab a home rather. Uh, they so these the government insures their loans to uh, have lenders. I'm sorry, have borrowers borrow money with three and a half percent down. Um, 
it is a very awesome tool in your belt if you can get one of these. Uh, and it's honestly not that hard to get. I mean, you know, for three and a half percent down as a purchase price, um, you, I'm sorry, three and a half down uh, off the purchase price, you only need a credit score of 580, right? So if you have, you know, not so good credit and you're looking to get started in real estate um, and you don't have your VA loan as an option, right? The FHA can be a great alternative to that. Um, it's not as expensive um, as a, you know, a, tr- a standard loan where you're required to put down 10%. And if you don't put down 10%, usually you'll have to pay what's called PMI or private mortgage insurance. And that's essentially you going to um, an insurance company and them insuring the purchase of that home through the bank that way, if you default, the insurance company will pay the bank the difference of what you owe. Um, and it's usually an extra monthly payment that you have to pay on top of your mortgage, right? So with the FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, they do that for you. So the government will insure your loan through the bank and they'll guarantee a certain percentage of that loan paid back to the bank should you default or foreclose on your property. Okay, um, so that right there is a ninja way um, to really build some equity and in your home too. If you buy a home, like so, for instance, right for FHA loans, you'll usually find it when someone is trying to buy a foreclosure or someone's trying to buy a um, a bank owned property where there is a lot of work that needs to be done to it, right? And so over the course of three months. Um, they will have contractors go in and fix the home and the bank will lend you the money not only to purchase the property, but also to fix it up because the government doesn't want to have all of these um, dilapidated homes all around, right? They want to have some sort of incentive to have investors or, you know, first time home buyers fix up these homes that have fallen apart in communities and, you know, use them, use the space. And yeah, so if it's a great tool to use if you want to get started or if you are, you know, just looking to add another property to your portfolio at a um, lower barrier of entry. Okay. So um, with that one, I want to talk about uh, what's called Burr. Okay, you might have heard this term before if you've been listening to Bigger Pockets. You might have heard this term before, but B R R R R, right? Or Burr. It stands for Buy, Rehab, Rent, Refinance, and Repeat. Okay, and this right here is another killer strategy uh, for those who are looking to get started. As a matter of fact, our um, our Eric Upchurch, right? He did something similar to this where he would buy homes uh, with his VA loan and he would um, build equity in them, right? Just by fixing it up and rehabbing it. Uh, now with this strategy, you know, you're doing it a little different where you're buying the property, you're, you know, rehabbing it up, whether it's through a contractor, whether it's, you know, DIY, um, but you're forcing equity into it by building, you know, or I'm sorry, updating the kitchens, maybe updating the bathrooms, throwing some energy efficient upgrades to it, changing out windows, uh, maybe fixing the roof, 
you name it, right? There are a bunch of different things that you can do to force appreciation and raise value in the property. And especially when you buy that property uh, with a low price point uh, or with a little money down, uh, you can now go and you know leave the property, put a renter in the property. So now you're starting to build some cash flow. And of course, your mortgage has to make sense, right? The, all the numbers have to make sense, but you're building cash flow from the property. And then you take the money out of that property once you get the tenant in there, right? So you refinance now that you have cash flow coming in to sustain that loan and you pull out all the money that you put into it and you go and you do it again, right? That's where the repeat comes in. So you take that money out, you go buy another house, maybe with an FHA loan, right? With three and a half percent down, you force appreciation with the contractor and you, you know, build that house back up and then you put a renter in there and you do it again, right? Or you, sorry, you refinance, you pull that money back out and then you do it again, right? So another great way to get started guys. Um, and that is definitely a strategy that you uh, should take a look at. And this brings me to my next point, which is house hacking. Okay. My next term house hacking. If you have uh, heard this term before. You've probably been listening to us talk about it a lot because we are big proponents on house hacking. And that is essentially using the empty space in your home to um, build equity in that home for you to refinance your loan, put a tenant in there, right? Well, essentially, just like Burr, right? You, you can put a tenant in there, you refinance, or you can refinance, put a tenant in there, however you would decide to do it, and then go find another house and do it again, okay? Now, we teach many ways of house hacking. Um, I can go over them, a couple of them, but, you know, either finding a, another you know, service member or um, or a friend or whoever, right, to rent an empty bedroom out from you, you can do that. Um, you can Airbnb, right? Vacation rentals. You can do that. You can um, you can hook your home up with uh, solar power, right? And you can use solar power to sell back to your electric company, and you can you can do that. Uh, you know, I mean, there are so many ways you can start a business from home. So many ways that you can house hack your home and put extra payments towards your mortgage in order to build equity and refinance your VA loan just so you can go out and use your VA loan on another house and put tenants in the old house so you build equity, you have cash flow, and you take that equity and you go out and you do the same thing again. You know, I mean, there there are uh, so many ways to house hack, and um, house hacking is another great way of getting started and, um, and building more wealth for your future, Okay. Uh, all right. Now, I want to start talking about um, ways to acquire properties that are a little more creative. Okay. And I've got two uh, ways for that. The first one is called owner financing, right? You may hear it as owner financing. You may hear it as seller financing. But essentially, the house you're purchasing or the property you're purchasing is being financed by the seller, not the bank. Okay. Uh, I did a podcast about this earlier, and it was the biggest myth in real estate investing is that you have to go to a bank to purchase a home. You do not, okay? You can negotiate 
with the seller directly and figure out what it is that they are looking for, what it is that they need, whether it's a certain amount down to go, you know, buy another house. Maybe that's what they're looking to do. Or maybe it's, you know, know, you're buying it from an older person and they are looking for their retirement, right? Uh, Looking out for their retirement. Maybe the house is the only thing that they have. Um, But you essentially find out what the seller needs and you work out a deal between you and that person. That way, it's way more flexible. You don't necessarily need to go to a bank if you don't have perfect credit yet, right? You can use a transaction like this to really, you know, you know, jumpstart your life and have an asset uh, that'll kind of help you boost your credit. You just by maintaining an asset, and it doesn't report to your credit at all, right? It doesn't. So by the time you pay this thing off, you have a home outright that you'll be able to borrow from and you'll get a little cash flow hopefully if you're just, you know, using it as an investment um in order to pay off debt, right? Again, help you boost your credit. I mean, this could be a great way to uh, to jumpstart your life, right? So, or you know, it could be an even better way to buy a home. You know, it can be your own personal home if you really want to. Um because with a seller finance deal, everything is more uh fluid right? So you're not held by the restrictions that banks will place on your type of loan where you can't live in it or you can't do this with it or, you know, whatever, right? And you can't transfer title back and forth to an entity or someone else, right? That you can, it's easier for you to do that kind of stuff. So um, keep in mind that um, creative financing or sorry, seller financing and owner financing are you know great ways to um, to really get creative when it comes to acquiring different properties. Another one I want to talk about is what's called subject to. Okay, uh, subject to a mortgage um, is typically what you'll you'll see it, but subject to is what you'll hear investors uh, say, and what they talk about is you know acquiring a property when you're assuming. Uh, the loan for a particular seller, um, not necessarily assuming it right, and whereas the the loan is now in your name, right from the bank, but you are making the payments. If that makes any sense, so for, let's just go ahead and give an example. Um, you know, you live at one two three Main Street, and you want to buy one two four Main Street, right? So right next to you. You know that the seller is having a hard time with their mortgage. You know they're your neighbor. You've heard them, you know, talk about wanting to sell their home. Um, they're having a hard time keeping up with the payments. Um, maybe they lost their job. Maybe they had a huge medical expense that they had to take care of, and now they're running into a tight situation. So if you, you now want to come in and um, help them out, right? And you say, hey, listen, you know, Joe right? Whatever. That's his name. Listen, Joe, I want to help you out here. Um, Let me help you make your mortgage payments. And, you know, I can help you move out to something a little smaller, more affordable uh, for you. And then we can put a renter in your property and, you know, we can, we can help you out that way. That's great. You know, and that's an awesome way not only to help that person out uh, with a tough situation, but uh, but it's also a way to acquire a property without putting any money down. You know, I mean, maybe you maybe you do right. Maybe that's what you negotiate. 
Um, and in that situation, you know, it, it might be beneficial or it might not. You know, maybe the person is just really motivated to sell. Uh, another situation that you can run into is, um, let's say, a couple that is divorcing, right? And they are just looking to get rid of the home. They don't really care about where it goes, what people do with it. Uh, they just want to get the expense off their backs and they want to get something out of it. So you can negotiate a deal where it's subject to uh, paying their mortgage payments and then you find someone who is looking to rent to own and they go in that property, um, they put a down payment on it or whatever and they make the monthly payments until they're able to buy it from you and then you can cash out the seller and now you've made you know a quick 10, 20 or 30 grand or whatever, right? And you only made the mortgage payments to the property. You didn't put anything down, right? So another great way to acquire property creatively um, and really, this just kind of goes into, you know, the whole win-win scenario of real estate, you know, where you want to find um, situations that will win for both parties when you're doing a deal. And uh, and those kind of deals can be the most lucrative for sure. So keep that in mind. Okay, those are those two. Um, next, I want to talk about wholesaling. Okay, this is a topic that's not uh, often mentioned, but um, it is definitely done way more than I think than you would really think. Um, and really, wholesaling is finding a deal and selling the contract to someone else. Um, and the deals that you'll find are, you know, really good. Right? We're talking, you know, thirty percent sometimes, right, under market value, and you'll be able to sell that deal off to an investor or a home buyer or whoever, right? So let's say you find a three bedroom, two bath house that's selling, that's uh, 1800 square feet and market value for this home is maybe 75,000, but um, you find it for, I don't know, 45,000, right? Or you find it for 50,000 and you negotiate with the seller to come down to 45,000. You know, that is an amazing deal to wholesale to someone. You could even resell it to someone for 60,000 and that person still gets, you know, $15,000 in equity in the property when they buy and, you know, the difference from 45 to 65, you collect 20, I'm sorry, come up 60, you collect $15,000 yourself and all you did was just go out and find that property. You see what I mean? Like there are so many um properties out there that you can wholesale, especially in um areas where the market's hot. And uh, a lot of flippers are coming, you know, into the area and trying to, you know, flip some homes. Uh, you can find some pretty good deals and, you know, give them to investors because investors love to look for deals like that. And they love to find wholesalers who are selling them good, good deals um, that they wouldn't otherwise find on Zillow, on Realtor.com or going through the MLS, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, wholesaling can be a great way to build some capital. You know, you won't always get home runs when it comes to wholesaling. Sometimes you'll, you know, get five grand, maybe you'll get 10 grand, but you know, a little bit is a whole lot better than what you had when you went into it. Right. And really all you had to do was find the home, maybe put an earnest money deposit on it, which can be a hundred bucks if, uh, you know, depending on where you're at, um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, that's another good way to build capital in order to invest later on down the road. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about 
Rhea, but I don't want to go too much into it because I've already done a big podcast on it. But Aria essentially, all right, R-E-I-A, Romeo Echo India Alpha, is a real estate investing association. And a lot of times these bigger associations have meetups, um, they have uh, seminars, they have all these different cool little things that bring in the community to um, share, you know, other topics about real estate investing and whatnot. And, um, and these things are great, great places to go and just learn awesome things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to find through textbooks, or through podcasts, or whatever, because you're getting actual live experience from individuals in your community who are going out there and investing in real estate. Okay. Um, for instance, if you are in the Hampton Roads area, one of the bigger, one of the biggest real estate investing associations here is TRIG, right? Or Tidewater Real Estate Investment Group. Definitely check them out. But, you know, they are um, a huge association. I mean, hundreds of people that are involved uh, in it. And every, I believe it's like third Tuesday of the month, they come together and they have a meeting where you know people can come in and learn sometimes they do a little round robin they'll have a guest speaker come in uh they'll they have a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff sometimes they have you know events at the end of the year like holiday parties and whatnot i went to one last year that was pretty cool um, but these are great places to go and network and also a great place to go and you know find deals or pitch your deals so if you're getting into wholesaling um, and you create what's called a one sheet, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, you can go and you can take that and go find your deals. OK, um, and so you'll definitely find a lot of uh, investors here and you can pick their brains about, you know, certain topics that you don't understand. Or, or you can even you know find partners that may want to go in on deals with you. Um, so definitely make sure you check these things out, okay? But going back to a one sheet, uh, this is probably one of the most underutilized uh, tool in at an investor's belt, okay? Now, a one sheet is simply that. It's one page uh, of a deal that you are potentially looking at, okay? Now, the uh, one sheet can have... You know, specifics on the property itself, specifics in the area, um, numbers, right? And essentially what your deal is, what you're looking for. Uh, Might also have a little bit about you, right? How you got started investing, what your experience is, or maybe you and a partner, right? If you're just getting started, highly recommend you work with a partner um, just so that you have both you and your partner's credibility, um, Right. But yeah, you know, it's exactly it's a one page document because I mean, think about it. Right. If you were to bring a whole business plan, which is, you know, like seven, 12 pages of, you know, what you're going to do in an area or what you're going to do to a property. No one's going to have time to read that. No one's going to want to read it. All right. Let's be honest. Uh, But they would so much rather have something in a bite sized, you know, uh, clear cut uh, information tool just to kind of outline the project, what is required of them, what you're expecting, and who you are, right? Because they don't want to just toss their money out to someone that they don't really know. And obviously, the more you go to these meetings, right, uh, the more you'll get to know, you know, some of the same people because they, they attend all the time. 
And, uh, and that's good, you know, to build your credibility as well, uh, to show how serious you are at investing and they will be able to, you know, um, because they'll be able to gauge your interest. Maybe they'll be able to partner with you and, and you know, and you'll find something good there. Uh, but a one sheet, okay, that is definitely a tool that's underutilized. And the more you practice it, the more you will get good at it. So definitely, definitely do that. Okay. Awesome. All right, cool. So that's going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in and learning more real estate jargon. Uh, We've got a huge list of things to put out, so don't worry about it. There's plenty more to learn. (laughs) You'll never stop learning. But um, all right, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you are uh, catching up with us at ADPI, www.activitypassiveincome.com. If you are looking for help, And getting started, check out our course and check out our Start the Spark program where we have a whole network developed for connecting real estate, military real estate investors like you, okay? Uh, Also, make sure you're tuning in for our house hacking book that's coming up November 2nd. We're launching it at 99 cents and it'll only be available for 48 hours. All right, November 2nd, make sure you catch it early because you don't want to miss that awesome deal, okay? Thanks for listening. I'm out of here.